hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast with your host, Hunter Brooks. Hey, it's Hunter from Green Top Podcast, and today we have Todd Sadler and Billy Niker, and the topic is archery. And uh, these guys have been archery pros for Green Top for a very long time. Uh, we're going to kind of dive into setting up a new bow. Uh, we took some questions from some customers, some great questions, by the way. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, bow hunting in Virginia, but most importantly, their planned trip going to New Mexico this fall. Uh, both these guys have some big news, and uh, they uh, they both drew a tag, so we're going to talk about uh, preparing for a hunt of that nature. So hang on. It's all coming up next. The Green Top Outdoors podcast is brought to you by the Mike Chenault Group hometown realty they are sportsmen and realtors the only thing they love more than hunting and fishing is selling great pieces of land and homes dream homes on the river where you can fish right from your dock to land where you can adventure to your heart's content hometown outdoors can help you find it let our friends at the mike chenault group help you get the outdoor space you need for homes or land in central virginia visit hookupwithhometown.com that's hookupwithhometown.com and click outdoors to learn more What's up, guys? We got Todd and Todd Sadler and Billy Niker here today. Um, you guys are pretty high on life today. Yeah, good day. Uh, y'all good received times. some great, great news, which we'll get into here shortly. But uh, you know, we're going to talk about some some archery today. Oh um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, uh, Billy. That that's pretty much your life. You, <laughs> you live and breathe archery. Uh, Todd, you're, you're, a, you're an archer, man. You've been hunting, you've been bow hunting, shooting bows a long time. Uh, I have not shot anywhere near as much as you guys. I used to, and then I got out of it. And then of course last year, uh, you know, with, uh, COVID and everything, I just, I said, man, I got to get a bow. And of course I'm still waiting to get my Matthews V3, which, uh, should be in any day. Um, but yeah, being stuck at home and uh, not having a lot of stuff to do last year, you know, kind of made me think, man, I could be shooting a bow right now. And I'm sure you guys probably did a lot of that. I'm sure a lot of people got into the to shooting bows uh, last year. Uh, we've seen the business. The business definitely reflects that, wouldn't you say, Billy? Big uptick in the last year and a half. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about the good news first, man. You guys, uh, you guys are going to New Mexico, right? North Central New Mexico. First time for me. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah it's so like i've been on this whole like weight loss journey and uh, i was like man I, I gotta i gotta shave some pounds and billy knew how many pounds i had left to lose and uh, so i got a phone call yesterday i'm not expecting the news until i think next wednesday i think it was like the 28th right. we were expecting the news i don't know i guess new mexico leaked it earlier or whatever so the phone rings it's billy and i pick it up and all i get is uh 15 pounds expletive like what? <laughs> what? It's like fifteen pounds expletive again. I'm like what are you talking about? We just drew for New Mexico. You got fifteen pounds to go. Nice. So pretty pumped up. Yeah, I'm excited. That's, I know you're excited, Billy. This will be what your fifth, fourth, fifth fourth, fourth year back, fourth time in this unit. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you've you've had some good luck there. When mm-hmm. uh, and you've you've gone with some couple local friends of yours, and uh, you've you've struck what three what? out of four years. This will be the fourth season out there. Uh, I've been successful twice. Okay, my buddy was successful. The one year I wasn't. So right. as a team, we were batting a thousand. There you go. So is man. it is it still this year? Is it you? Is it just just you two this year? It's gonna be the two of us. Just this year. the two of y'all, man. His main don't, mission is to bring me back alive. Don't let him take his truck keys with him, please. <laughs> I've already told him before. You know, I'll, if he gets lost in the woods, I'll be able to find him. Be the trail of everything behind him. He, yeah, that's me. <laughs> 
No, I'm sure this is exciting, man. And before you know it, it's going to be here. And when it comes to bow hunting, you got to be prepared, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a time of year, I think, where a lot of people don't do what they should be doing, and that's shooting bows or upgrading it, doing whatever, any sort of maintenance, things like that. which, you know, we, we put a put a little message out there, and we got a couple, two or three good questions that some uh, customers wanted uh, us to answer. And the first one we got, I thought, was one of the best questions. And it says, how, it's, how often should I change the strings and cables on my bow? Great question. One of the, probably one of the most common questions we get. Wouldn't you agree? Agreed, yeah. So I think from, a, like, a repair standpoint, year in and year out, the bows that we take in, well, I mean, better than three quarters of those repairs for the most part are string and cable changes. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Right. So, and then I guess what we'll do is let's get into that part first. And then since I got a new bow coming, we'll just, we'll just start with me. And it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, we got to set my bow up from start to finish. Let's, and we'll get into that in a minute, but so let's get into strings and cables, Billy. What, um, you know, how often does this need to go down? Um, it's all going to be very relative to how often the person shoot. I'm going to say under normal, a normal archery hunter, get about three to five years on a set of stringing cables. Right. You know, because the average shooter is not shooting hundreds of arrows a week all year long. Right. You know, but if you're a tournament guy and you're shooting hundreds of arrows a week, you might do it every year. And some guys you like that every have six more months. Than, and some guys like that have more than one bow. Right. Um, right. So, okay. So, so I'm going to say your average bow hunter expect to get three to five years out of a set of string cables, as long as you're taking care of them properly, waxing them, not exposing them to extreme heats. Yeah, and, and, so, and that's the other yeah. thing. You know, he said it's all relative. And, you know, I, I've been out of, I don't want to say I've been out of the archery game, but I, I cut my teeth here at Green Top in archery, and then I kind of moved over towards fishing. And now this this year, you know, I'm, I'm kind of coming home a little bit. Right. I get to come back to archery and help out some more there. But, you know, one of the things that, that I remember is just how relative it, it really is. You know, you have so many factors that play into it. It's, it's how much you shoot the bow. Are you your typical, you know, hunter, uh, archer that, you know, you pick up your bow in August, you take 15 or 20 shots, you're good, and then you go, you know, yeah, oof. That that's kind of makes us all in the archer world cringe a little bit. <laughs> right, or are you right. that person that shoots year-round? Um, how do you care for the bow? You know, during the season, um, are, you, are you leaving the bow in the hot truck? Uh, when it's in its case, are you storing the bow in the off season out in the top of the garage? You know, right. maybe it's in the attic. You know, where is it at? Is it climate condition? Things like that. Um, those factors play into the condition and lifespan of a string as well. Yeah, I don't see how people do that. You spend you spend a ton of money into the gear like that, mm-hmm. and you know, even like a firearm. Like you know, you know, you can look at somebody's firearm and tell, you know, whether they yeah. really love that firearm or is it just a tool to them and. You know, some people, they just, it is, that's what it is. It's just a tool to them and um, they just don't take as good a care of it. But, you know, to avoid having issues with your bow, because a bow is totally different from a firearm from a maintenance standpoint, uh, taking care of that thing and keeping it properly stored and, and of course, shooting it is important because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we see it every year. There's always uh, the last minute guys that, that come in and they need all this work done and, they want it done right here, right now, or they need, and then they find out, well, I need new strings or I need new cables or whatever. And crap, man, it's it's two weeks for the season, and oh man, that's 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 always so. I, like Billy, he, he still lives it and breathes it, but that was always one of our biggest nightmares. Um, you know, so many people, and I'm glad we're doing this in, in April because so many people, you know, they start thinking about it in August. 
life happens. You drag your feet. You're halfway through September. Man, I got to get the bow out. You know, you open that bow case, maybe the string's broke. Or maybe you open that bow case and you get 10, 15 shots on it, and then the string breaks. You know, what the problem is, that is peak season for archery all across the country. Not just for the archers, not just for the archery shops, but for your dealers as well. Manufacturers. Manufacturers, exactly. So it really puts you behind the eight ball. One, are you not only at the back of the line as far as repairs going forward, but by the time Billy calls and he places an order for those strings and cables, woof, maybe it's a, a, instead of what would have been seven to ten days getting in here. Now you're talking, you know, twenty-one. Yeah, and, and then you know, then you have to break that news to the guy that needs his bow in two weeks. Yeah, who's procrastinated, and you're like, man, I can't get that part until maybe middle of next month. And, and that was always so and, hard. And that's the hardest part is you got to break that news to them. But you, what you really want to say is, man, you shouldn't have waited this long. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, and sometimes you just got to tell them that, man. Yeah. You know, but we're telling everybody is, that is, now. That, is that a green light? Can we do that's that? A this, green, this fall? That's a green light. Right, right on. Right. You've, you've been notified. <laughs> been waiting. I've waited for this for years. <laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, procrastination, man, it, 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 it's not good. I mean, especially when it comes to – the most important part of deer season, in my opinion. I mean, it's the best time to be in the woods. And even though it's hot around here, but I mean, it's the best time to be in woods. So why would you wait until then to, you know, to be prepared? Not a good reason. There, there isn't a good reason. It's not. Um, you know, because think about the, going back to y'all's trip. I mean, you're, you're planning and you're being getting prepared for this trip starts for y'all like yesterday. No, it started. It started in September. Well, it started yeah. September. As soon, last as, year soon as I got back from last year's trip, it, yeah, planning for this year. Yeah, I mean, we, we started like scheming then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. so yeah, I mean, you guys are going to be well prepared when you know when, when it comes time. So. Um, but yeah, you know, getting getting prepared for the for the bow seasons an important part. We've always preached it. Now we've got a diff, uh, bigger platform to preach that to people and. You know, we got a range. I mean, we got, you know, we got great Bowtex. We got, you know, now's a good time because the all the accessories, equipment is starting to come back. A mm-hmm. um, lot of nice, lot of nice new bows coming out this year. I mean, if it's ever a time to get a new one, man, there are some awesome, awesome freaking bows coming out this year. Um, so uh, the second question I wanted to get into was, uh, what was it, building, making your own arrows? Is mm-hmm. that the other one? Mm-hmm. Um what do you what do you think on that? I mean, is this is the same as reloading is to ammunition, making your own arrows? Is it kind of the same concept? Or absolutely. I mean, you you can settle for what comes pre-fletched on the shelf, and that's going to be fine to hunt deer with. I mean, it's no like problem fact, with it's that. Like yeah, factory, factory rifle ammo, right? Yep. Exactly. It's, it's plenty be, good. Yeah. But if you really want to get kind of techie with it, you can start changing out point weights. You know, different types of fletching combinations, and really dial in for your best performance for your setup, mm-hmm. you know, and it can now, save that, you money in the long run too. Sure. It, was it five to 10 bucks per dozen, something like that? I mean, is well, it going to save you or is it? Well, no, what I'm kind of getting at is if you don't fletch arrows, if you don't have the equipment to fletch arrows, okay, you get your veins torn off. You now got to find somebody to fletch them for you, or you just resort to buying more arrows. And that's what most people do. Right. Yeah, they exactly. tear a few veins that, off. They go buy a new six pack arrow. Yeah. Right. Which is that's kind of, kind of ridiculous in my opinion, because for the price of a dozen arrows, you can buy all the equipment to fletch your own and repair the arrows that you've got. Right. So after you've fletched and repaired that first dozen, it's paid for itself, and you're doing nothing but saving money on the back end from there now on. Now, can you, can you experiment with um, arrow length? 
too. I mean, absolutely. You know, with absolutely. your older arrows, by just uh, just trying different lengths. A lot of times you I start mean, you, off long and you're trimming them down. Yeah, you can't go longer than you and right. it's shorter. But I mean, yeah, you can you can experiment. I mean, it's just the same way as uh, experimenting with a, a custom hand load on your uh, you know your hunting rifle or whatever, mm-hmm. or your bench rest gun. And so, um, so much of it, you know, there's, there's certain things that you can do within the archery world. You know, a lot of people, they'll get that bow off the shelf. Um, they'll, they'll get it sighted in, you know, and they'll, and they'll get to grouping well and they're happy. Um, and they're, and, and for the most part, I'm not going to say always, and it's, it's not, it's not always the, the best, but for the most part, that's going to suffice for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get, like he said, you can get techie with it. You can get so much more technical, so much more precise with it. You can do things like paper tuning a bow. And that's really where, like, when you're messing with arrow links and things like that, that really comes in, into play. You know, there's spine weights for, for different arrows, you know, depending on the company. Is it a 250? Is it a 350? Is it a, a 300, a 400, a 500? You know, there's so many different numbers out there. And there's links that add into that, too. So you got to find what the proper draw length is, what the proper arrow length is, what the right spine is. And then you can really start, when you start paper tuning and uh, bare shaft tuning and things like that, you can really dial in by starting with that longer arrow and then trimming back, you know, where you're, you're shooting a bullet hole. You know, it's like those rifle guys. You know, if you're shooting a, a two-inch group, at, if I'm shooting, a, you know, an inch-and-a-half group at, you know, 100 yards, I'm, I'm probably pretty happy because I'm right. not a rifle guy. Yeah. But you have those precision rifle, those precision shooters. Yep. And that's what you're getting into mm-hmm. when you start – Start messing around with arrow lengths and and you know front of center and things like yeah. that. It's man, it gets so technical, but it's it's fun. It's pretty rewarding. And it's not too. for it's not for everybody. I mean, these aren't tech. These aren't your average. These aren't your guys that hunt. You know, they. I mean, some guys some some, some guys do are, that. Yeah. But then there's these guys that 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 compete and they you know they they're they're competing at a high level and I bet you just about every last one of them, uh, they're they're making their own arrows. Oh, they're doing I mean, all their own. They're work, doing all that. all of it. I mean. Yeah. Uh, the guy that hunts, it's not that, maybe it's not that important. You know, it's not like we're pushing somebody to just say, well, you should make your own arrows. But, no, uh, by, by no means. This is not an endorsement not to buy arrows from Green Top. <laughs> I definitely want to see you in here doing that. <laughs> just let you know what your options are. That's right. Yeah. But it's a great question. I mean, it, um, in, you know, I think the, the another part of the question said something about he, he touched arrow, on uh, the weight, right? Yeah. The FOC and heavy yeah, arrows versus right. light arrows. And, you know, that's, there's two trains of thought there. I mean, you want light and fast. You want heavy and slow. Right. And I'm going to ask you, and I'll, I've said this to a, a bunch of different customers, if I'm going to shoot you with something right now, would you take your chances with a ping pong ball at 300 miles an hour or a bowling ball at 30? Right. Yeah. Take the ping pong every yeah, day. I'll yeah, I'll take that one every day of the week. Absolutely. So give me a slow, heavy arrow. Yeah. And you know, you're going to be a lot more successful in the woods. You know, for shooting competitive archery 3D, light and fast is better. Right. Less drop. You know, shoots flatter trajectory. So, but when you're out in the woods, I mean, you're there to drive an arrow through an animal. It's right? about so, it's about kinetic energy. You know, yeah, this, this, momentum. This yeah. elk hunt that we're going on. Um, I'm getting ready to. It's, it's cool. We're talking about this. You know, I've had this dozen arrows sitting in the corner, just bare shafts, um, for a year and a half, almost two years now that I haven't touched. They, I, I use a completely different setup this time of year, or this time of year, but I use a completely different setup in Virginia when I'm whitetail hunting. These particular arrows, I'm going to build these out to be heavier for elk. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a complete different setup than I would use for a whitetail in Virginia that I would use for an elk in New Mexico mm-hmm. or bear or, you know, <laughs> you want to get crazy and go after the water buffalo, you know, in Africa. I mean, every, every game that you 
or hunting can dictate a different arrow sure. setup. It absolutely can. Arrows yeah. are like fishing rods or golf clubs. Or, or, or a know, bullet. Or, you know, how, yeah. many grain, how many grains are you shooting as far as grain weight? How many grains are you shooting as far as powder? It's, it's, it's the same thing, right. just, you know, different pieces and parts. Yeah, your, your usual whitetail caliber of, for Virginia is not your – not your choice of caliber out west, and as far as elk hunting goes, I mean a two seventy, maybe I don't know, but yeah. not a two forty three. But no, not a two forty three. Right. You know, maybe you know it's some guys will maybe that's it's arguable, but um, you know it's just important to you know really define what you're doing. And I mean, I don't know what 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 did you, what have you done differently with 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 your bow setup or your you know your choice in uh, broadhead, whatever. What have you done differently when it comes to elk? Definitely a fixed blade broadhead. Right. No mechanicals there. I don't on a bigger animal. I don't trust them. I right. know a lot of guys will argue argue that sure. all day long. Yeah. But and that's their right to do so. Absolutely. But, but um. But it works. It, but it works. <laughs> um. And heavy, 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 heavy. I mean, the arrows I hunted with last year were a total of 566 grains in total arrow weight, which is heavy for an arrow off of a compound. My my new arrow build for my recurve coming in right at six. I'm sorry, 706 grains. God. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that 250 grains up front is mean. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> Poor little elk, whatever did he? Mm. Won't do it anymore. I promise. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> no. So, so tell me about tell me about the place that y'all are going. Mm. Unit 52, Carson National Forest, uh, North Central New Mexico, or about 10 miles from Colorado. Okay. Ranging in elevation up to about 10.5. Okay. All I know is I'm 33 hours from home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but and no guides. Just this is public. we're we're going to be staying with a buddy of mine who's an outfitter out there. Oh, okay. We stay in his camp. We okay. kind of do our own thing, you know. But I, I have you know. a guy. His name is Billy. Nigert. His name is Billy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I am the guy this year. I, have a guy. I am the guy. <laughs> um, you know, are you going to take a sidearm with you? Uh, you know, uh, the guy's early. Billy's shaking his head. He's like, no. Billy's he ain't going to need it. I can run faster than him, so <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, it's not good. Boot prints on my back. Uh, you know, the guys are trying to talk me into it. Uh, I was like, why? They're like, because you're you and they're mountain lions. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't think about that. Uh, but I don't know. You know, that's a, that's a discussion uh, me and the guy will have uh, before we go out there. Gotcha. I mean, you know, I want you, know, I want you to come back, Todd. So. <laughs> yeah, so do I. So yeah. does my wife. Well, I don't know. She might want me to come get back. Get those, get those wind sprints, man. Just run, do a lot, lots of wind sprints because you may have to. You may have to outrun Billy. That's yeah, never going to happen. Yeah. This, this is radio. Legs you are, can't see how sharp my legs are. Yeah. What do they say? That's the only way to defend yourself against a bear attack is be faster than the other guy. Yeah. Is that is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like one of his strides, is like six of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so what what else are you guys doing to prepare for the hunt? Um, you know, Billy, you've done it several several years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of physical fitness involved in that. There is uh, a lot of cardio, a lot of cardio, a lot of cardio, and uh, horsepower from the waist down. Yeah, leg work, leg, leg work. work. You know, you can go to the gym and look good, but well, you got to wear you know, leg bi- biceps aren't going to get you anywhere. No, but you, you got know? don't you don't you wear one of those like Bane masks when you? Oh yeah, when, altitude uh, mask because yeah. it's an altitude thing yeah. up there. Because uh, now I don't look weird in the gym wearing it because everybody's everybody got a wears mask it on. now. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right on. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't look weird anymore. <laughs> Walking around with a sixty-two pound backpack on a treadmill with a Bane mask. Right. Well, that's the last thing you want, man. Is you you don't want to spend all this time and money into something as important as this that you might only get one shot at and and screw it up because you not you didn't prepare mm-hmm. and you know being physically fit is is going to be important. You know, mm-hmm. um, what else? What other gear do you normally take? 
I mean, mm. it's just you, the, I mean, I mean, when you go out, I mean, you're going out pretty much all mm. day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. you're, you're packing three liter a, a hydration, day's, a day's worth of stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Hydration bladder, three liters full of water. Um, my bow, you know, a day pack, not a huge meat hauling frame pack. Cause well, I say that some days I'll carry that one, but, um, uh, enough food for the day. Um, kill kit, you know, game bags, a couple knives, uh, extra pair of socks. Always have an extra pair of socks and an extra pair of underwear. Always. Always. <laughs> I always carry extra underwear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mo moisture is the the demon out there. Oh, I can if you get, imagine. Your, your feet get wet, your yeah, well, drawers get wet, chafing and, and blisters are your... Cause, uh, so, like, yeah, and, and I guess the reason is, so he came back last year, and, and this was almost like a question, like, when, when I decided I wanted to go, I'm like, all right, have you lost your mind? And they, so, so last year in your hunt, how many miles did you put in in that hunt? How many days did you hunt and how many miles? This, this blew my mind. It was right at 130 miles in, I think it was nine days, that's 10 days. Insane. That's insane. Wow. That's insane. Remember, folks, I've got short legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, you can put miles on and not even realize you're doing it. You put a lot of miles on and don't realize how quickly did they you, add up. Did you, um, did you hunt this same area, or did you kind of move around a bit, just follow the sign, or was it uh, – Just keep poking around until you find them. Yeah. You know, and – I mean, because are you only allowed to hunt a certain area? When yeah, you, but when that area go? is, if I'm not mistaken – But it's pretty vast. 368 I mean. square miles. Oh, that's – yeah. Yeah, Large. so it's, it's, it's pretty a big. big piece of property. You know, okay. it's a national forest, so, I mean, yeah. it's it, – you can walk forever and ever and ever and ever and hardly get to the end of it. And not and probably not even see anybody. Did not run into another hunter last year or the year previous. Huh. Now, I think part of the key to that also, um, and it kind of goes hand in hand, you're putting on those miles. Um, I think so many, I shouldn't say so many folks, but I think a lot of folks go out there and they do see other hunters and they don't have the success mm -hmm. that you had three mm -hmm. out of three years because mm -hmm. they're not willing to put those miles in. Correct. You're getting off the road. You're going in deep, right? I don't, I don't even start messing with anything until I'm at least a mile in away yeah. from a road. So, man, and, and most and of these guys that I have, I'm guessing, very seldom make it more than a mile because we were, we're in elk every day, every day. Yeah. And you talk to other people and like, well, I spent a week here and didn't see anything. Well, I'm, we're doing something different. Th than those you are the horror stories that I hear. You know, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, that's that's a huge time investment. It's a huge monetary investment. Yeah. But man, you know, it's yeah. such a chance that you're taking. But then I talked to Billy, who's, who's my guide, by the way. And uh, <laughs> he's like, man, we're in elk every day. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's people that hunt and then there's people that really go after it. And oh, hunt, yeah. man, I mean, yeah. there's, you know, there's a difference. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, some it's just like around here, man. You know, we, we're all in we got people in our club or wherever, you know, they just want easy access somewhere they can get Correct. to pretty quick. And yeah. that's fine. That's, that's nothing wrong with that, you know, but if you really want to have some great success, you, you gotta, you gotta go out and search for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, uh, go where there other people aren't, you know? Um, but now I'm, I'm happy for you guys. You guys are going to uh, have a good time. Um, kind of, kind of leave us stranded here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sorry um, about that. But that's all right. You know. Sorry, not sorry. I'm not we'll, sorry. We'll, yeah. we'll get by. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we got to do this. If you need Billy or Todd to work on your bow, don't come in in September because they won't be here. They're yeah. going to be elk hunting. So that's why you got to get in Don't bother checking between the 1st and the 16th. I can right. promise you it's not going to be a good idea. So what? Uh, I guess what we'll do now, let's let's jump into um, – let's just jump into what – 
what, what I'm getting ready to do. I'm, I got a new bow coming. I'm starting from scratch. I'm, I'm getting everything new set up. Um, let's just, just, let's kind of just pretend I'm, I'm the, the new guy walking in saying, I want to learn how to shoot bows. I want I want to bow hunt. Um, where do we start, Billy? Well, we got to find the right bow that's going to fit you. Right. And that's going to be comfortable to you. Whatever make, model, man, you know, price point you want to hit, there's something out there for you. Yep. You know, just so you've settled on the Matthews V3 mm-hmm. because that is what spoke to you. Right. And the uh, they making that model in two different axle to axle lengths now. They got a 27 and a 31. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a little bit longer on the draw length, so a 31 is going to be a better option. Right. Um, so from there, we're going to next most critical component of the bow is going to be the arrow rest. You know, because the bow and the rest are what makes the arrow fly straight. That's you right. Know? You know, so good money should be put into both of those. If you're going to put money into something, put into those. If you need to skimp on a sight or skimp on a quiver or stabilizer, so be it. But the rest is the next next most important component. So in that being said, a good quality drop away. You know, whisker biscuits or these containment rests are fine, but you're not going to let the bow get to its potential by using a rest of that nature. So something like QADs or hamskies, or there's a bunch of them out there, but there's the two off the top of my list. The hamskies, if you like a limb-driven or a QAD, if you like a cable-actuated, drop away. So What are you shooting right now? Hamski. Hamski? Mm-hmm. So I'm still shooting a QAD, uh, which mine, even though they have a lifetime warranty, I got I got some considering to do. You know, we got this trip coming up. Uh, I got a rest that's pushing 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a hamski. I need a hamski. <laughs> right. right from the guy's mouth, I need That's a hamski. Right. You need a hamski. All right. Uh, well, I meant to ask this. How many bows do you take? You just take one? I'm going to take two. I always take two. Okay. always take two. I'm going to take one because um, I currently have one, uh, unless that changes between <laughs> now and then. <laughs> Make it easy. Keep it simple. Uh, you know, one of the other things I heard you talking about, too, like where, where to start with, um, and there's so many good bows out there. Um, you know, so much of it. You know, from my time in selling bows, so much of it is is the same in all walks of life. It, it, do you like a Ford? Do you like a Chevrolet? So many people are brand uh, dedicated, mm-hmm. brand loyal. Brand loyal. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have the luxury of not being brand loyal, I think you almost you might be doing yourself a favor. So many people mm-hmm. come in with these preconceived notions that they have to shoot this brand of bow because that's the best bow for me. That's right. the one their brother shot, their exactly. father shot, cousin, whoever. But you know, the main thing is. Come in with an open mind, put the bows in your hand, shoot them, see how they feel. See what mm-hmm. you like the looks of, the feel of, yeah. see what fits you the best. They're all great bows. Yeah, they really exactly. are. You uh, could, there are no bad decisions anymore. No, They're there's all such fantastic. good stuff out there. And, I mean, you know, if you want to shoot a particular bow because uh, some celebrity that you follow on Instagram is shooting that bow, hey, so be it. That's a good bow. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. Right. But, you know, like you said, Try some different ones out, you know. Um, You're spending a lot of money. You owe it to yourself to make sure it's right. It's a big investment. It really is. And, um, you know, that investment is not much return on that investment if you decide you don't like that bow. Right. Um, You know, it's you just – you can potentially lose a lot of money if you don't like what you bought. So you ought to be sure what you want. And, uh, you know, like like we were saying, there are awesome, awesome choices out there right now. Um, But, yeah, so rest. Rest is extremely important. Um, where do we, where do we go next? And after that, we're, we're going to talk sights. I mean, what's going to suit your hunting style and your needs the best single pin, double pin, three pin, four pin, five pin, seven pin, whatever, right. You know, on up the line, it, it's a matter of preference and what you're going to be comfortable with and using it for. I mean, I think, and then we'll go back to the, the whitetail and versus elk hunting. I mean, around here, 
single pin's probably all you need. Right. You know, most of your shots are going to be inside 30. Occasionally, you're stretching them to 40. So why have a five-pin sight? This is you know, this is where I'm kind of hung up. Right. Um, me and you, we were talking about it not long ago. I just, I'm really not sure what I want to do. Um, but I'm kind of leaning towards just a three-pin sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you want three automatically set, you know, 20, yeah. 30, 40. Right. Just, there you go. Now, you know, and I, I got I got plenty of time to mess with it and see if I like mm-hmm. it. Maybe I don't like it. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen more people switch into a single pin in recent years because as bows have gotten faster, the, the pin gap has shrunk. So now yeah. it, it's this big cluster. It looks like you're looking at one of those tacky uh, Christmas houses. Or, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. or you're looking at like one of those crazy reticles yeah. in a scope now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just – uh, And if so. you've got somebody with like astigmatism like I do. Yeah, and it starburst real bad. Everything kind of blurs together really bad. So, right, man. I remember the the first bow that I bought. Uh, man, I think I was sixteen, and I bought a uh, bought a golden eagle. Mm. Uh, I think it was a hawk system, is what it was. And I remember the sight. I got me a fiber optic sight. Man, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I put that thing on there. It was like a half an inch between each pin. Mm-hmm. And you shoot yep. this arrow, and you could shoot the arrow like count the three thunk before you hit it here it hit the target because bows so, shot so much slower there was so much more arc to the arrow the pin gaps were huge and now they're like all on top of each other yeah. for some of these super fast bows. it's too busy it's like it's way right. too busy for me and um I, I like i like to keep things simple so uh, that's probably where i'm leaning there um but what else? What, where are we at next? I mean, we could get a let's say we get a site picked out. Okay. Um, where where are we going next? I mean, we could talk stabilizer. We could talk quiver. I mean, those things, they're not what I deem to be a functioning part of the bow to make the bow cru- perform. Yeah, it's not right. crucial. But right. Um, so I mean, I would really probably talk arrows next, which kind of circles us back to what we were talking about right before. But um, I mean, there's a plethora of different stabilizer and quiver options out there. You know. Some of these quivers are thirty bucks. You can spend up to one hundred and sixty to two hundred on them nowadays. I don't know. I'm a bit of a hypocrite here because I've got some of those hundred and sixty and two hundred dollar quivers, and right. I have a hard time telling somebody, "Oh yeah, it's worth it because it holds your arrows." Same thing that the thirty dollar one does. But, yeah, yeah, but you, you know, know, it's there again. It comes back to being relative. You know, right, with these bows right. that you're putting this hundred and sixty dollar quiver on you're right. not climbing up a fixed tree stand 150 yards off the road where you're hunting correct. and hanging it on the tree correct you're walking mm-hmm. 130 miles in 10 days right. and you need something that's going to hold them it's going to hold them tight it's going to be lightweight it's going to be low profile to the bow so you know there again it's, it's relative how right. what is your hunting situation right and, yeah i mean it you know you see it all you hear it all the time you know people get people go to new mexico to hunt an elk they get that one opportunity, that shot, and then, bam, something goes wrong with mm. with something. Let's not talk about that. And, I hear that. I hear about this. But stuff you know, it's year. it's and 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 there's you know, it's easy to blame um, your gear or man, maybe you can blame yourself for not preparing for that, something like that. But there are certain things you just cannot prepare for. It is what mm-hmm. it is. But money well spent, you know, gets you good gear. There's a reason. I mean, control you know, everything you can control. Buy once, cry once. You know, that's the kind of the way I see it. So, I had a group of uh, customers went up to Colorado. I think it was this past year, elk hunting. One lost his whole quiver, came off the bow. His whole quiver gone. Mm-hmm. Another guy, all his arrows came out of his quiver. 
So they had one guy in the group of three. So tell me more about this. <laughs> tell me more about this one hundred sixty dollar quiver. Yeah, it's looking yeah, better every yeah. minute. It's looking, yeah. it's looking better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, once we get all the basics picked out, uh, then you know it's uh, it's it's paper tuning. It's it's what are we doing? Well, we're going to you know set up the draw length. You know, get peep sight adjusted. Get all that stuff right, and then I'm not going to paper tune. Or I don't see much need in paper tuning immediately. Right. You know, the bows have to be broken. Two to three hundred shots to get everything broken. The strings going. to stretch cables going to creep just a little bit mm-hmm. so i usually say go home shoot this thing two to three hundred times and bring it back to me hey, you know and one at of the that point everything will stay and put. don't get discouraged correct right correct. you know just one of the things i, I did want to touch on you know i heard you, you we kind of shot through it there a little bit but you're setting your peep sight you're setting your draw length things mm-hmm. like that what a lot of folks that i've found and waiting on people over the years in archery do not realize is how intricate a bow mm-hmm. setup mm-hmm. is. It is like being tailored. It's the difference between going to Target this evening and buying a suit or going somewhere and being custom fit and tailored mm-hmm. for a suit. It, it, that, that's the difference. A bow, to, for you to get everything out of a bow that it can give you, maximum performance, it needs to be tailored to you. It's not just pick up your brother's bow. It's not just buy a bow at a yard sale. It's not come in and, and grab one off the shelf, take it to the front counter and go. It's it's not that. Right. That's that is why we have bow technicians. That's why we have people like Billy um, that have been working on them for years and know these things inside and out. And you know, if if you if you can you made that investment, now allow yourself the time because it's it's not a quick no. I mean, we're not talking an in and out. I mean, you're gonna be here an hour and a half to two plus hours if you do a high end setup the proper way mm-hmm. i had a gentleman show up this morning at nine i told him last week i said i'm gonna need two hours of your day ended up taking about two hours and 45 minutes yeah, yeah. you know to get him and we started right at nine this morning well it's highly technical man yeah um, he, the whole time he's sitting there going i can't believe how much goes into this i can't believe it, it blows people's minds all the yep. time they have no idea they how much goes into it yeah but another reason why it is very important to uh you know not decide to buy a new bow you know late in the year oh mm-hmm. man how many times over the years have you gotten that guy that comes in like so tomorrow's bow season and you get that guy or maybe it's a couple of days but you know i've got the horror stories of you know it, yeah me and my buddy are going bow hunting tomorrow i've never bow hunted before but i want to go ahead and grab a bow oh man that's like not a gonna grab it here yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's uh it's too it's highly technical man i mean i you know that's why so there's a reason why I don't work on bows. It's just way too technical for me. Uh, you know, just like I don't, that's why I don't work on cars, man. It's, that stuff's technical, but, uh, you know, I mean, you were, you know, you were just talking about, um, all of the, you know, just the time it takes, you know, you took you this morning, two hours, 45 minutes. I mean, this was a new person, new beginner, or is this, no, it, it was just a new bow to him. But but he, this per, this person probably this had was a lot of first, questions. So this was his lot, first high end setup. There you yeah. go. So yeah. he had, he probably had a lot of questions. He's getting ready to invest a lot of money into something, um, which is which is awesome. I mean, and you know maybe maybe this is something he's going to probably maybe he's maybe he can shoot at his house a lot. You know I, I, I you know where I just moved. I mean I I have an awesome place to shoot a bow now. Um, you know and I'm I'm chomping at the bit, man. I just want to. Just want to get that bow, man. Get it all set up so I can start shooting that thing. But um, I think it's important to shoot. I mean, I when I when I used to shoot, I used to shoot a lot more when when I had uh, before I got rid of my old bow. But um, I mean, how how often do you guys think it's good to shoot? I mean, as often as you can. 
Yeah. I mean, I tell people all the time, shoot often, don't shoot a lot. You know, that means, you know, if you shoot three arrows a day, I'd rather you do that than 300 once, you know, one afternoon every right. month. You know, I think little doses over a longer period of time pay bigger dividends. So right. much of it's muscle memory. Yeah. So much of it's muscle memory. And if you put that bow down and you don't pick it up, put that bow down when, when muzzleloader season gets here and you don't pick it up until, you know, the second week of September, you're not doing yourself any no. favors. You know, your your form is not going to be exactly the way it was. And so you're, 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 you're off on your target. You're not hitting where you thought you were. Like, man, this, this bow was dead on last year when I put it away. Well, maybe the bow still is, but now you're off. Right. So you spend yeah. a few days getting back in that form. You've changed your sight around four or five times now, and now you start to develop that muscle memory again. You're chasing your sight all over the place. Mm-hmm. You're not doing your, your equipment any favors. You're not doing yourself any favors. And, and, and more than anything, and this is one thing I always just felt so strongly about, you're not doing the game that you're hunting any favors. Nope. You, they – you owe them more than that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going out there on this hunt, whether it's an elk hunt, whether it's a whitetail hunt, whatever it is, you're going out there to harvest this animal. They deserve your best effort. That, that's my feelings. Well, well said. Um, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, you can't prepare for certain shots and things like that, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, you can be as prepared as you can be. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I have no sympathy for, for this, the stories of, yeah, you know, I, I stuck that one high and back, uh, man, and, and lost it, you know, and man, the, the, the bow was on last year. You know, I, I have no sympathy for that. Right. Um, but, you know, there are things that happen that are out of your control. And, you know, you understand those. You understand that's, that's part of the sport. You understand you're not going to always find that deer that you, that, you know, the, the little limb clipped mm-hmm. and you hit high and back, you know, you get that, but you have to do everything you can to be prepared in advance. Well put, um, which you guys will be doing here quite often here real soon. Cause you got a big, uh, big hunt coming up. Um, any, uh, any last things you guys want to throw in there for, uh, for our bow listeners or any, anybody new? I mean, this is a, it's an opportune time right now. Uh, Product is around, and now is the best time possible. If you're going to do anything, if you've never bow hunted before, and you're looking to get into it for this coming season, come in as soon as you can. Don't sit around. Wait till August. Uh, this, you know, COVID has messed everything up. Availability of product has been slim. Yeah. So I can't guarantee what product is going to look like when we get closer to archery season. Yeah. So if you need arrows, if you need stringing cables, if you need a bow, I mean, do it now. I order. I order my bow in January. And uh, it's supposed to be here just about any day now. Mm-hmm. April, mm-hmm. mid mid to late April yep. is what they were saying. So, hey, um, you know, t- if it took me that long mm-hmm. to get a bow, I mean, just think. I mean, if anybody's interested in something new, I mean, it's stuff that's in stock right now. Um, man, it's time to jump on it. Yep. Um, whether you're whether you're looking to upgrade or whether you're getting some repairs done, man, get it done before, mm-hmm. well, well before the season. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah, good times. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it, and uh, good luck. And um, these guys uh, got a big hunt ahead of them, and um, hopefully what, you know. Just another walk in the park. Yeah, big park, a really big park. (laughs) Hopefully we can do another one of these, like September 20th, and we can be eating like elk steak or something right here. That that would be wonderful. Yeah. That would be wonderful. If I don't kill one, I'll I'll buy some for you. There you go. All right. All right. Thanks again, guys. Uh, Todd Sadler and Billy Niker here at Green Top. So uh, 
Uh, tune in to uh, the next episode and um, we'll see you in the outdoors. Thanks for listening to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Like and subscribe to the Green Top Outdoors podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more about Green Top at greentophuntfish.com.